Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Snyder Is Selling Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Oh, see, you well, you don't get ahead of yourself until it's done, until the final <laughs> deal is signed. I, you know, we I'll proclaim Josh was the buyer before that was done, done. But I don't know, you know, Snyder is selling, could have just cursed the whole thing. By the way, you know, does the hair look okay? You know, You're I forget, good. like we've done looking how many good. years without video. I know. I get a little flyaway working from home today. You forget, you know, we're good. I feel like I'm in a hotel I mean, room look every time I'm asking if the hair looks good. <laughs> Well, this is the problem. Like I'm asking you, it's like that's good going to Michael Jordan. Like, how was my dunk? It's not. It's not good. So you're coming to us from Indianapolis, by the way. I am. Got the old Sports Fitness and uh, Industry Association conference tomorrow. Um, participation, by the way, I loved it. Oh, oh wait. Oh yeah, we can say this tomorrow because it's coming up. Well, we'll just say this. We won't ruin anything. One of the top line reports is coming out, but we should just say, man, is pickleball massive? <laughs> it is really, really. Popular. The uptick in in pickleball participation, I think, is probably something we we've never seen for any sport, probably ever in in the history of the U.S. In terms of just the 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 scale yeah. and probably even percentage that you're seeing in just a short amount of time. I am absolutely fascinated to see the monetization of the the participants. We know that people like a lot of people like to play. Do they love to watch on TV? I don't. I'm not saying yes or no. There is skepticism as to what kind of money is available for a media deal. I don't, we'll see. Steve Kuhn thinks it'll be a top five you know, property. Great. Okay. Not saying yes. Not saying no. But I think there's a great opportunity to monetize just those who are playing. Uh, give me an app that lets me reserve a court, find a partner, buy equipment, all those things. Pay what? Even if I said two bucks a month with how many users, right? Do the math. I think you got a pretty good business there. Let's get to the news, Scott. Hit, hit people with the uh, with, oh, with the you want big to leave news of the and go week. right to the big boy. Right. I do. Yeah. All right. You're itching. Big news, Scott. Last week, um, news that Sportico broke. Josh Harris and his group has a preliminary deal in place with Dan Snyder. And right before we hit record on this podcast, you broke a second piece of news uh, that that deal had been sent to the NFL to do some final pro some, some final checking and then goes back to get to get signed. So certainly the, the most uh, concrete evidence we have so far, not only that that Dan Snyder is willing to sell, but it certainly looks like barring something crazy and unforeseen, Josh Harris and his group, which includes Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson, a few other people, uh, that is going to be the next owner of the Washington Commanders. 
Yeah, if you're looking for signs, and there was certainly kind of a, this unabashed celebration in the nation's capital when our story came out and said that there was a preliminary uh, agreement in place, still those skeptical of, let's not upset the apple cart, don't anger Dan, Thanks, <laughs> make sure he can go on. But yeah, every step of the way now, there's this is the next procedural step. Normally, as you said, this wouldn't be much. However, here, the fact that the deal is now uh, at the hands of uh, the folks at the NFL, they'll take a peek. If they want some alteration, they'll send it back and say, these are our suggestions. If it's just fine the way it is, also goes back to the parties for full execution, which means you sign it. I sign it, then it is resubmitted to the NFL for what I believe would be the biggest rubber stamp in the history of the league. Not only is Josh obviously a qualified buyer, he's got plenty of uh, of history on his resume in pro sports with the Sixers, with the Devils, of course, Cohen, those teams with, with Blitzer, Dave Blitzer. Uh, but I think the owners would be very glad at this point to have this part of their history behind them. So to be very clear, this process with the NFL that we're in right now as we record this on Monday is not the process where they approve Josh and his group as owners. It's not the full background check and the vetting. This is a an earlier step with the NFL to look through the purchase agreement before Dan and Josh and, and his group sign it, correct? Yeah, this would be this would be sort of the finance folks looking and say, are there any red flags here? Is there any financing we don't like? Is there any structure we don't like? Like if out of nowhere this let's say some giant publicly traded company was listed as a major stakeholder, we know the NFL does not like that. You know, we don't anticipate that will be a problem. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just sort of a a governance look and say, all right, this this looks to be in compliance with all of our rules. Uh, great, you guys take it back, execute the the final contract and then send it back to us and we will take it the rest of the way to that final approval owners vote and all that stuff it's such a testament to how how weird a sale this is and 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 probably a bit of a testament in some ways to to, to dan snyder as well that every little step here now becomes news right I, I imagine it's the same for you everyone i talk to about this whole process it, there's always the caveat in a normal sale x but in this sale, why? And I think this it holds up for this as well, right? This is this is a step that I wasn't. I'm not even sure I was aware of existed in this process uh, for for prior sales that we reported on. But again, when when there's so much uncertainty about what does Dan want to do? Uh, is he going to walk away? The, the the slightest thing might set him off, and he might change his mind. Uh, when when that's what you're dealing with um, on on the seller side, I do think a lot of these individual steps just become so important because they are incrementally showing um, that, that we are getting closer and closer to a deal. Yeah. I mean, we have said it privately and some, there are some things we see in other leagues where we're like, gee, I wonder if the NFL would, would approve this. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, they just, they just want to make sure everything is in compliance. They don't want any problems down, down the road with, with Josh's bid. Um, but again, this is not exactly his first sports rodeo. He he's done this before in multiple leagues. And again, they're all a little bit different. We get it. But uh, Josh is a sophisticated not only investor, he's a sophisticated uh, buyer, as are all of those who have been through the process and own multiple teams and multiple leagues and some on the international stage as well. So uh, he's done this before. He's represented by more than capable people. I would be, do I don't want to say, I would be what? I would be mildly surprised if there was any significant alteration needed, mm. and I'm not sure what significant qualifies as, but any significant alteration that would 
force them back to the table or lawyers to start fighting again uh, over decimal points and things, I would be shocked if that's the case. There might be something. There might be, hey, what about what's this mean? What about that? Uh, you guys sort of like spell it out differently and, and resubmit. But when we get the signature of Dan Snyder on one side, Josh Harris on the other, and it's submitted to the NFL, even though it would still then require final approval from the owners, I would be willing to say that is a done deal. Let's talk about one actually thing that I do want to mention, because I think a lot of people don't realize Josh's big portfolio that you're talking about, Scott, in sports includes a small stake of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he would obviously have to sell if he does complete this commander's deal. That stake that he owns um, was a piece of a stake previously owned by David Tepper, who had to sell his when he bought the Carolina Panthers a number of years ago. So if we're looking for whoever's going to buy the next NFL team, maybe we should keep an eye on whoever buys uh, this chunk of the Steelers from from Josh Harris. Uh, but in all seriousness, Scott, it, it feels as though we are entering this, this era in pro sports where almost all the buyers are super owners, for lack of a better term, right? As we said, Josh is a co-owner of an NBA and an NHL team. He's got a piece of an EPL team. He's adding NFL. His partner, David Blitzer, is, is the first person we think to be invested across all five U.S. leagues in, a, in addition to a number of European soccer teams. Uh, we've seen Stan Kroenke's group, MLSE, up in up in Canada. Um, Todd Bowley, maybe another example. There's just so... The, the Haslam's, Fenway another Sports. deal. Another, and Fenway Sports, another great example, right? Which added the, added the Penguins last year to a baseball and an EPL team, it feels like we're entering this time and maybe it's just because things are so expensive or maybe it's because there's so much synergy that, that, that increasingly the buyers for these major multi-billion dollar assets seem to be people who already own other major multi-billion dollar sports assets. It could be. Yeah. I'm not really sure why it is sort of seems like a closed loop right now, but I mean, this would have been an open loop and I, I would love to get an answer from Jeff Bezos as to why he opted not to bid. I mean, we've heard the story about years ago when Larry Ellison was bidding on the uh, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he had his he had Oracle had the name on the building. Larry's a huge fan. He's in the area, and the way it's been told to me, Larry bid three hundred million dollars for the team. He was told that he's about fifty million shy. He did not believe the NBA and the sellers that they had a 350 million, I think it was 350, right? 350, was that what it was? $350 million offer on the table by Joe Lacob. And he said, no, you're trying to play me. He didn't do it. And look what happened. And what are the Warriors worth now? I don't think even Josh as a value investor is by our estimation, you know, by Kurt Bodenhausen's estimation. And if you just look at sort of your, your valuations overall, he's overpaying for the team. Grew up in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Grew up a fan of the team, right? His experience has got to tell him. Let's say he's overpaying by, want to go, what, what? $500 million. Sure. Bill, let's yeah. say we go to a billion, right? If you are intent on holding these teams and I say the NFL more than any because they're cash flow positive. They appreciate the asset appreciates over time. You get your write-offs, all that. If you are intent on holding onto this asset long-term, this is not a flip. This is not a one, two, three-year investment. So what? You know, if you want the team, you get it, you enjoy it, you let it appreciate. And I, I nobody saw COVID coming. I got it, right? I I totally get it. But 
absent calamity of that magnitude, what do you see anything, Novi Williams, anything that could possibly derail the NFL from being the most popular sport in North America, from being, you know, uh, 90 of the top 100, whatever the number is, TV shows throughout the year, the, uh, the NFL being a mega occasion where everybody come to, you know, unites a country in front of the TV or streaming, whatever it may be, brands wanting to be involved. We've had domestic violence. We have head issues, we have concussions. I just, I, I, I am flummoxed. <laughs> I cannot come up with whatever it would be that could possibly stop the juggernaut. I'll, I'll turn it over to you. If you've got something, I'm all ears. I, I don't. I think that a lot of the things you just mentioned um, maybe could could harm the NFL's business, but it, it has proven to be Teflon in so many ways. Uh, and I think back, Scott, to, to so many purchases in, in the NFL and in other leagues, especially in the NBA, that when they were announced in the past decade, people thought, oh, this person's crazy. Steve Ballmer's crazy to pay $2 billion for the for the Clippers. Mark Lazary and and Wes Edens are crazy to pay $600 million or whatever it is they paid for the Bucks. Um, all of these franchises have gone up, right? I, I'm not sure if we have had ever in the U.S. I think maybe the Yankees in the 70s were the last major U.S. sports team to sell for less than they were purchased for um, by, by the person who was selling them. Um, yeah, th- th- this is, is proven to be because of scarcity, because of the way entertainment and media have shaped up, um, because of how much Americans seem to like sports. So much of this international opportunity, right, which is a, a bigger deal for some than others. Uh, these have proven to be assets that only appreciate. Um, I, I don't want to put the card a- a- ahead of the horse, Scott, but I do want to ask you, Am I right in thinking that if Josh does this deal at $6 billion and and Bezos was not interested, but obviously could at some point be interested in the NFL team again, that this is a great result for the NFL? They get the number they want. They get the, the, the owner that they want out. They get him out. And then still waiting in the wings is the ultimate whale, the guy that, that you have not yet sold the team to, that if the next and team knowing, is... And knowing Seattle is going to come to the market. 100%, exactly. So knowing the next team is going to be the Seahawks, or not maybe not next, but at some point the Seahawks are going to sell, um, that, that, that sale probably looks a little bit better knowing that Jeff does not own the commanders um, if you're an NFL owner. So I, I wonder if this is a great result for the NFL um, because you still have Jeff Bezos waiting in the wings should he want an NFL team to be able to buy one in the future. Okay, can we go on the sort of your middle school grade scale or high school grade scale? Yes. I would give it an A- minus only in that I would venture to guess that there are some owners who feel that $6 billion isn't high enough. There are probably a, a good handful of owners who think the team is worth more. That is, that is my guess. And now I, that brings me to the next level, though, when we're looking at the future of all of these sales, and particularly the NFL. The NBA opened to private capital. MLB opened to private capital. Yep. The, the asking price for these franchises in the NFL obviously higher than the others. While I do not believe, I repeat, while I do not believe the NFL is anywhere near to approving private equity funds, uh, whether it be the Arctoses, the Dials of the world, I don't believe that will happen. I do believe, not anytime soon, and by soon I mean like three, four, five year time frame, I do believe that heads will get together at the NFL to come up with something, and I have no idea what this vehicle will be, but something 
that will allow or ease the pressure on the buyers, give them some access to liquidity that is not allowed right now. So I don't know what that'll look like, but I do know that they will get together. They, they see these sales. They, if they really want this to continue doubling on any sort of scale, you know, time frame scale, uh, they've got to provide that because there are only so many Bezoses around who are in, you know, Mike Bloomberg doesn't want this. Zuckerberg doesn't want this as far as we know. You know, there's only so many people who can cut that check as the rules are currently written that there will be, let's bring the word in again, some alteration to the rules that allow for some sort of introduction of capital to the buy groups. I, I have a thought on what that might be, by the way. The Harris group is ostensibly about to spend $6 billion to buy the commanders. Um, they are also going to need to make another very big, probably multi-billion dollar purchase in the next couple of years being the new stadium uh, for, the, for the commanders. So a part of me does wonder if, uh, it, sure, the, let's pick a random PE fund. Sure, Sixth Street can't own... 10% of the commanders, but is there anything that says Sixth Street can't own 50% of the commander stadium, right? Which is, could easily be a, be a one and a half billion dollar, $2 billion investment, right? Um, I, I wonder Ooh, if- you're if, going outside entity, but we, we say related businesses totally. and you're saying take the interest in the related business. I like that. Absolutely. So I, I do wonder if there's a way that you can kind of ostensibly invest in alongside an NFL team, not by investing, not by holding preferred equity or equity in the team itself, but instead by being a partner in the construction of the stadium. Um, so th that would be my, my like off the top of my head hearing you talk about that. If you're trying to get creative, stadiums feel like they may be an area where you can do that. As you know, I love to get creative because this is all about creative solutions. Uh, all More and more when I hear about global investment and hear about deals, uh, the autopsy of deals, I hear, well, we hit a roadblock. We hit a stumbling block. We couldn't do this. Those who are capable with coming up with creative solutions often get deals done. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to take in the NFL. And I like your I like your point there. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the team. It can certainly be as we say, these teams are they're, they're just hubs of bigger businesses. So whether it's the real estate, whether it's the media, whether there's a finance arm, who knows. Whatever it is, take a stake in that and then figure out the rest down the line. Certainly could be. And as for your your take on the the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I agree because remember I did that story years ago on why do people invest in minority interests in teams? Uh, one of the big reasons is a testing ground to see if they like it, to learn the ropes and see if they then want to take a control stake. It's a, it's a way with smaller dollars to see if this is the right fit. That's right. And and then last one here for you on the commanders. We're recording this on Monday. Um, what are you expecting or what have you heard time frame wise? Is this something that the NFL is going to look at for two hours and send back? Is it something the NFL is going to look at for two weeks and then send back? Um, what can we actually expect or what can commanders fans especially expect if this is one of the last steps before Dan Snyder, Josh Harris at all put their pen on paper? How often, Edmund, Am I a jerk to you where I throw a question where I know you don't know the answer? How often? Do, I mean, do I do that to you? Do I do that often? Do I do it? How often do I do that? There's I try nothing wrong to. with saying we don't know the answer. <laughs> okay, we don't know the answer. I, or Fair. I don't know the answer. I, yeah. I do not know. Uh, is is uh, Are the lawyers on vacation? Is outside counsel busy with something else? You know, I, I do not know. Um, should I guess? My, my guesstimate, this is a, a, a week to two process. Uh, I, I'm going to go on the over of the two hours 
And on the under of the two weeks there, if you're giving me then. some parameters, if you're giving me parameters, I, I would go over and under. All right, let, let's switch gears because we had a fun one. Uh, you you and, and your partner were, were waiting to watch something the other night, right? And Oh, man. I, I am Now, what was the name of the show again? <laughs> Love is Blind is the name of the show. I want to be very clear at the beginning that, here, Scott. I was not, I was watching it with her. This is not a show that I have watched, <laughs> to be very clear. You, you, you were very you, clear. Were you... Were you in front of some the, the, the device waiting for this to begin? <laughs> yes, yes, but I have no. not watched gonna, a single episode a... before the one that I was okay. planning to watch. <laughs> okay. I, I I mean, I feel bad. I heard, I saw it on Twitter, actually. This thing, whole thing starting to bubble, and then it became sort of cauldron-esque, and I was like, what? I, I, I'd never heard of the show, so I feel good about that. I've never heard of the show, um, but there is a tie here. It, it was it's a Netflix presentation and they were promising like a live reunion or whatever and all of a sudden it didn't happen so an, another case where I think Netflix not getting into live sports <laughs> serves them well they don't have to pay the rights fee and they don't have to tick off a whole lot of people who are waiting to see the game I mean this is kind of the same thing they ticked off a whole lot of people but man to do it in a game and like, like they, they're not going to delay the game because the broadcast isn't ready at least I wouldn't think but uh, imagine if you have a huge sporting event and this and you just can't complete the broadcast Ooh, tough I was I was telling Janet that whatever the subset of people that want to watch the Love is Blind finale and also watch a lot of sports, they were probably feeling some sort of deja vu last night. It, it's not uncommon, I think, for sports yep. fans in today's day and age to to try to sit down and stream something and get the spinning wheel, get some kind of an error message, keep getting bounced back to the home screen, uh, which was essentially we were, we were hitting all three of those things. And so were millions of people, it seems like, who were trying to watch this. Um, and I think for, for people, reality TV show fans, I think it's more of a new thing, right? This idea that... There, there's something live that you want to watch and, and you actually can't do it, I think is kind of kind of new in that in that world. So I, I think that's an interesting dynamic there. Um, and, and one of the big differences, Scott, which you just hit on, this was a show, a studio show that was going to be taped that they just delayed for an hour and a half and then started when they felt like the technology was closer to to being ready. The Super Bowl, you can't do that, right? Most of these live sporting events, you're not going to wait an hour and a half because the streaming service can't can't get up. So in some ways, the the stakes are even higher uh, for sports. But I had the same thought that you did. Netflix is. We, we've talked a lot about whether Netflix, at some point in the future, is going to be interested in live sports. They have not done so yet, and they have at least publicly said so far that they're not interested. Uh, Netflix is just starting to tip dip a toe into these live broadcast i think chris rock's stand up a month ago was the first this very this love is blind thing may well have been the second um but yeah this just goes to show you how difficult this is right how hard it is to get millions of people from around the country or even around the globe onto the same single stream to do something live netflix is one of the best in the world at this technology wise right and 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 this and in a very big moment they couldn't quite figure out either i would pay money to watch the documentary of Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos and the others behind the scenes when this thing wasn't working. I would watch that. I'd like to see kind of the panic and the how do they get this fixed and what are the conversations? Because let's just speculate. Imagine one day, and by the way, it doesn't I don't want I I should not, we should not pick on the streaming services because there could be a problem with a satellite provider or sort of cable company or you know whatever. But imagine the Super Bowl is set to be played and for some reason 
ABC, ESPN, CBS, NBC, Fox, incapable of broadcasting the game for some reason. Who knows? Some reason the broadcast ain't working. I, you think Roger Goodell says play the game? Or he says, hold, 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 hold. And if we got to play this thing tomorrow, we're going to play it tomorrow. We are not staging the Super Bowl without a global audience. I don't think they play the game. It's such a good question, You know what? I'd like to ask Roger this question. I I say they don't play the game. I also would like you to ask Roger. It's such a good question. Can't play. Can't do it. It's so interesting. And and one of the things um, that I think makes, makes this whole experience a bit more frustrating, I think, for consumers now in the streaming era is that you've layered on top of these potential problems your own personal setup, your own fire stick, your own Wi-Fi device, right? So when we were having trouble, mm-hmm. and I imagine a lot of people were on Sunday night, um, it was not just a question of, is Netflix down? Is Netflix having trouble? It was like, is this us? Like, is it, do I need this to reset yeah, the modem my, underneath right. my desk? Do I need to How, reset did you do our that? fire stick? What kind stick? of freak out? We, what, we didn't know. What kind I, of freak out did you have in your house? I went to Twitter and I, it was very clear from, from scanning Twitter that everybody was having the same kind of bounce out problems that we did. But I do think there was a time when for cable and, and maybe satellite dishes are the best comparison here. But for, for cable, if it was down, you just had a good idea that your cable provider was down. It wasn't like there was something specific to your setup that was likely going to be the problem. And this is this is going to be the issue, I think, for a lot of streaming services where some people in some places of the country are, are having no problems and suddenly you're lagged or you're getting bounced and, and it might actually be you specifically and not the streaming service itself. And it also happened to the NWSL. I mean, they have a deal with Paramount Plus and I saw a lot of complaints that Games were not being seen and, and delayed, and it, it just is what it is, you know. Those games were not, uh, but I, I guess you're more concerned. They were not. Well, no, they were not. It's also not 110 million dollars, 110 million agreed, people yeah. watching yeah. in the U.S. Those you just got to play the games and a couple other things like like news and notes. We've never done news and notes, but I I was kind of you know paying attention this week and I saw a couple things. How about this? And I love this because we've talked about the gamification of sports and particularly baseball, the vehicle to. The, the money from the kids is, is the Xbox and, and the video games. I thought this was great that on Jackie Robinson Day, I happened to peek over my son's shoulder. He, I guess he recently downloaded the uh, MLB, the show 2023. Uh, I don't, and I don't know if they've done this in past years, but I think it's, it, it's awesome that on Jackie Robinson Day, even the players in the game all wore number 42. That's great. That is yeah. a nice touch. I thought that's really, really good. You get attention to detail. I thought that's that's amazing. And let's discuss this one because you didn't see it. So I, I was scrolling through Twitter that the Marlins apparently were apparently uh, going to have a Steve Bartman appreciation <laughs> night. And right away I saw this. I'm like, oh, come on, really? Come, come on. Like, this is just awful. And then I guess the team put out a statement saying, no, they never intended to have a Bartman appreciation night. And they don't know how that got released, that, that graphic. Well, somebody made up the graphic. It was somewhere. So, mm, not sure they never planned on having one, but they say they never planned it. But I was like, ooh, this is, this is, and you were like, well, why not? I'm like, no, no, no. I, I didn't think that was a good idea. I, I'm still of two minds. I definitely understand that the that there is a dark side to the Steve Bartman story that is very unfair to him, um, and is probably Ruin the, the poor reason guy's why. Life. Uh, 100%. And that 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 obviously is is why you don't do this. Um, but I do think it's a funny idea. I also do not believe for a second that this was not a consideration. I don't I don't believe that this kind of materialized out of thin air either. But you're right. This is um, a, it's not an offensive decision, but it's certainly the one that I think you think 
at someone in the organization would would come out and say, you know what, maybe we think maybe we think twice about this, or or maybe this is not the right time to have to to to, to do this as a as a promotion. Not 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 good. All right, should we do a quick trivia for you? What the heck? Why not? Oh, okay. Who was the out? Who was the outfielder? Hmm. Who was near the wall when Bartman knocked the ball away? I believe it was, was it Moise Salou. Oh, I would have bet against you. It was Moise Salou. Look at that. Okay. See? Now, all right. Trivia number. But I don't know who the actor for, was in Cheers that played Moise Salou in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> trivia question number two for like the old men people will all know. Let's see if you get it. Uh, the name of Moise's father. Felipe. Oh, I do know see, that. this is what you. Oh, Felipe Alou, good for you. All right, there you go. You just won respect of a whole lot of people. Look at that. So on the plus side, ending strong, he is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. The producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much. Matt, digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.